This gospel passage is one that um, the, the last few verses are, uh, might cause us confusion, and I know they've caused me some confusion because it seems to say that, uh, um, using this analogy of prison, that we're, if we have uh, any unforgiveness in our hearts towards our, our brother or um, any harsh words or murdering, murderous spirits towards them, that we will be tossed into prison and uh, we will not be released, of course, until we pay, pay the last penny. Well, that doesn't make sense because if we go to hell, it is eternal. And yet, perhaps a way to understand that is maybe the word last. That when we sin against others and when we commit mortal sin, it's an infinite offense against God. And there's no way we will be able to pay that last penny. It's infinite. But there are certain sins, of course, that are less serious. And perhaps uh, this is uh, where we can, we can apply the teaching of purgatory, that we will be tossed into prison and there until we let go of that unforgiveness, let go of that, uh, that burden that we are holding against others and, and uh, let go and elect, uh, allow God to forgive us and, and accept that forgiveness of God. It's then that we are released. It's not that purgatory and hell, of course, are the same place, but they have certainly the same process of punishment for our sin and seeking purification. One purification will never happen. I find this, uh, this passage, uh, or today's first reading, uh, one that we need to remember. So often we think, well, the God's ways are not fair, that it, you know, if somebody like Hitler or Mussolini or, or, or Pol Pot or all these violent dictators who've murdered thousands and millions, if they can convert and, and then enjoy heaven, well, that doesn't seem fair. But we're looking at it on the level of sin and not the level of grace. And I'm not saying, by the way, that all those evil dictators or uh, the evil throughout life are in heaven. I'm not saying that at all, but just as an example. In the same way that somebody who lives a virtuous life but then decides to go on a murderous rampage might be condemned. That doesn't seem fair. Well, they were mostly good. Yeah, but it's that one act. If you want to, to imagine it, uh, uh, I've, this image has been used for uh, sometimes we as men uh, think uh, we have buckets and we put all the thoughts that we have in the particular bucket and one bucket does not pour into the other, but, uh, but women, everything is interconnected. Uh, this is not necessarily sexist, but this is the way it seems that, that it seems to work. And you put a drop of poison in, in a man's bucket, well, they, it doesn't, doesn't affect the rest, but if you put a drop of poison in a woman's bucket, all the buckets are spoiled. And it takes a lot to purify that out because it affects everything. You just don't remove that bucket. And I think sin is like that. That we think that, well, I, it's just that one little area, but affected everything.
You put a drop of poison in, in a loaf of banana bread, for example, how many of us are going to want to eat that banana bread? I would dare say probably none of us, but it's only one drop of poison. No, the, the clue is to be reconciled to God while we still have breath, to let go of that sin, to let God purify us, take that sin, take that poison away from us, and take that unforgiveness from our hearts. And that's why if, if we're coming this day and we're aware somebody has something against us, that we've sinned against someone, to go to them first to be reconciled. It would be better to miss Mass in order to be reconciled to our brother or sister, and not just biological, of course, than it would be to come to Mass and allow that poison to persist. As important as Mass is, because it's all about reconciliation. That's what God desires. Reconciliation first requires conversion. So for those that, that are still caught up in you know, somebody who's a great sinner who could be saved, to remember it's not just like as easy as turning on the switch and saying, well, I was a murderer, but now I don't want to be a murderer. Rather, it's, I'm sorry for all those lives that I've taken, and I beg forgiveness and mercy, and probably I can't even put myself in, in the, that place, probably a lot more. Reconciliation requires conversion, not just words. Reconciliation with God and with others requires proof of that conversion. Are we willing to change our lives, to live differently because of the encounter that we've had? If we really understand reconciliation, we would understand more fully why it's so important to seek forgiveness, why it's one sin can condemn us for all eternity as well, because it's about living a right relationship with God and with others.